Welcome to Faith in the Folds, a podcast for ministry, biblical studies, and Christian living. I'm your host, Kevin Burr. Today, Matt Collins joins me on the podcast. Matt is the founder and president of Magnolia Foundation, a nonprofit that serves families who have lost children. Matt and I have known each other for close to 10 or so years now. Matt, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Kevin. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate the opportunity to, to share um, about our story and, and what we're up to with Magnolia. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember, Matt, um, we we knew of each other a long right. time before we actually first got to meet. Do you do you remember when that was and like what I, <laughs> what we were doing? I think if I remember correctly, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think we first met at a Smokies game, a Tennessee yes. Smokies game. And, and um, before we started talking, we were just before we started recording, yeah. we were just talking about the Tennessee Smokies, a double A team out of based out of Sevierville, Tennessee, for anyone who's interested. Yeah, right. They have a great ballpark. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm nearly positive that was our first. I guess it could have been in, in a church building somewhere, but I'm pretty positive Tennessee Smokies game was our first uh, formal introduction. Yeah. Uh, via via your brother, Philip. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, would that have been? Would that have been twenty sixteen? Probably. Yeah, that long ago. We, I'm, yeah, I moved to Cookville, uh, Cookville, Tennessee, hour or so east of Nashville, um, at the beginning of two thousand and fifteen. So it's, we've been here. This is our tenth year in our tenth year in Cookville, and uh, so yeah, probably twenty sixteen uh, was yeah. our first Smokies experience. Yeah, sound, that sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, <clears throat> mutual connection being arguably Faith in the Folds' most uh, consistent fan, Philip Burr, my middle brother. <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> so true. shout out to Philip. Appreciate, to, appreciate all the support yeah. that you've given the podcast over the years, um, <clears throat> which is coming up on coming up on three years here at the beginning of March. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, in the course of you know, just all the conversations that I had with Philip about Bible things, because he knew I was in school for that, and talking with his friend, uh, mutual acquaintance John Nichols, who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. with uh, with the two of us before, uh, talking about mm-hmm. a preacher training camp that y'all put together uh, some time ago. Um, I, yeah, I think it was at a at a Tennessee Smokies game. It was in the summer, and my yep. wife was pregnant, so it was sometime yes. before July. <laughs> when we did it, and I At think I, I think I rolled up in a fishing shirt, and like you and John and I were all wearing fishing shirts, and Philip yeah, Philip did a really bad job accurate. of hiding his jealousy because we had <laughs> yeah. we we, we had the good. minister's wardrobe. Yeah, we looked good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man, I appreciate you joining us today on the yeah. podcast to uh, talk about some you know, some pretty serious things, but um, also yeah. maybe to talk about some ways that some people can help. Others who mm-hmm. have been through what you and and many many others have been through. Uh, first, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, how did you get to where you are? I mean, you 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 started in ministry about ten or so mm-hmm. years ago, at least in, in Cookville. You know, kind of walk us through how you got to where you are and and what you're doing today. Yeah, so I, I did youth ministry for twelve years um, until really full time until uh, just this year, January first of 24, um, officially started, um, working with Magnolia on a full-time basis. Uh, our, our nonprofit began last year in 2023. And so I was, uh, my wife and I were doing both things, uh, for a little while And January 1st, we just focused on one thing, but yeah, I, I, I'm from Mount Juliet, Tennessee and grew up in the Mount Juliet church and, uh, and pursued ministry, um, after high school, went to college for ministry and, um, wanted to be a youth minister. It's all I ever wanted to do was be a youth minister. And people would ask me, you know, what are you going to do next? And I never had an answer for that because um, I just wanted to do youth ministry mm-hmm. and and loved my time um, in it and, and still obviously not that far out of it, but love youth ministry and, um, you know, teens and families. It's just a really special time. And I had a great experience um, in my personal youth group growing up. And so um, that really helped to shape and mold what I thought about um, you know, my life and what I wanted to do with it. So did youth ministry for a long time, almost 10 years um, in Cookville and uh, a few years before that in the Nashville area. And so, um, yeah, so, so we, uh, we, we just, we just kind of launched this foundation uh, several months ago, but, but just really uh, 
aggressively in the past couple of months since I've uh, taken it on, on a full-time basis. Yeah. Um, let me ask before, before we actually get to uh, talking a little bit about Magnolia, cause I, I'm, I'm always interested in this because I, I work at a church and I I'm trying to spot, you know, the, the people here that have, you know, some kind of ministry gift or another, um, mm-hmm. friends of the podcast will know that I also, uh, also teach adjunct for Harding school of theology. And that is a school that's dedicated to training ministers. Matt, how, how did you discern or like, uh, other than the positive experiences and things like that that you just mentioned, how how did you discern and maybe a, a call to ministry or you know an mm-hmm. affinity for ministry? And, yeah. and did other people like kind of point you in that direction? Uh, walk me walk yeah. me through that a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. So I um I I was really told, <laughs> you know, more or less like this this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you have a gift. My, my preacher, um, was, was a, a, a big proponent of, um, of that, you know, like telling me, I, I remember vividly, I was probably 14, 15 years old and we were going around the room and, uh, we were sharing what our, what our, what we thought our giftedness was at, at that age. And I didn't have an answer. I didn't know. And so it got to my turn and I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And which, you know, most people that are that age don't know. And, sure. um, and so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any idea. And my preacher who was in the room and also happened to be my, my best friend's father. So we, you know, we had a good relationship. He told me what my gift was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he said, wow. this, is, this is, this is what it is. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, that sounds great. Um, and, uh, and, and really he, he really pushed me and, and put me in positions and, um, told me like, y- you can do this, you can do this. And and then it got to, you should do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the more I listened, the more I kind of followed his lead. And I realized um, I can do this, you know, um, I am good at this. I, I, I love connecting with teenagers on this level and, and, uh, and families. And, um, you know, this is something that, that I enjoy. It's something that, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at. And, um, but yeah, the very beginning, I, um, it was really listening to somebody that said, Hey, you don't know what you can do, but I know what you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and told me that and then, and then put me in a lot, a lot of positions and gave me a lot of opportunities to kind of flesh some of those things out. Um, and turns out I really liked it, you know? And so, yeah, that was that I had really had a I really had a big advocate, um, you know, that that kind of pointed me in the direction of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for, you know, for folks like you who have that story. I mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone, you know, kind of tap me on the shoulder that I remember. And, I, and I'll, I'll always give that yeah. caveat because, you know, let, let's. <laughs> I, the only reason why I don't remember any weekends in college is because I'm just forgetful, right? It's not because right. I was you know, like doing yeah. anything else that I shouldn't have been doing. Right. I'm just kind of forgetful. Right. So I'll give I'll give the caveat that you know maybe I just don't remember um, yeah. you know, somebody from from my home congregation telling mm-hmm. me, you know, hey Kevin, I, I think you've got a gift for this, um, but I don't know that I would have even you know acknowledged what that was like. It, you know, like I. I, I had originally planned to go to college to do youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And then later that changed and, you know, I was going to do something else. Um, but I, 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 I'm, I'm glad to hear that there are people out there and, and for anyone kind enough to listen, I, I think it's important for us to you know, keep an eye out for uh, our, our young men and women to show them mm-hmm. what their giftedness is mm-hmm. And to uh, and to find appropriate ways for them to be able to exercise that, um, yeah. you know, wh- whatever it is. That's I, I'm glad, I'm, Matt. I'm glad that you have had those opportunities and and had people yeah. who could pinpoint you on that. For yeah. sure, yeah, super thankful for them. You um, you were you served in youth ministry for a while, and <clears throat> um, like you said, have just recently started working with Magnolia Foundation full-time. Uh, Matt, walk us through that particular process. What led you to mm-hmm. begin? What led you to found Magnolia? Yeah. 
And uh, and why even the name Magnolia? I, I was joking earlier with you. You, I figured you and uh, you might be a big uh, Stephen Joanna Gaines fan. Uh, uh, apparently, that's not the case. <laughs> Is yeah, that right? yeah, we're 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 not from Waco. Not <laughs> not fans of you know they're great, right? They do great work. Yeah, um, not affiliated. I, right? Yeah, <laughs> not not affiliated. No, uh, happy to be sponsored by them if they'd like to to talk about that. All right, um, we'll, uh, we'll no. I'll get my people on that. <laughs> Yeah, send it, get send this it in front of them. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, so the how we came about um, this foundation and specifically what we do, it was it was born out of um, out of loss, out of grief. Um, my wife and I, we um, our parents of three girls, um, Hattie, Laney, and Davy. And um, Hattie's our oldest daughter. And in March the third of twenty twenty, early that morning. Uh, around 2 a.m., um, an F4 tornado came right down our street in Cookville, Tennessee, and uh, and our our home was directly impacted by that storm. Um, flattened uh, flattened our house. We you know we left with nothing, and in the in the midst of that storm, uh, we lost our oldest daughter, Hattie. And uh, at the time, we had Hattie, we had Laney. Um, Hattie was four and a half. Laney was two days shy of being one. Um, our youngest daughter, Davy, was not born yet. And so <clears throat> during that storm, we, we woke up um, in a hurry to an alarm going off when we weren't expecting storms. I didn't know, weren't, you know, really like a lot of people really weren't paying a lot of attention to, you know, anything that was going to happen that night. And so we were asleep. Woke up um, in a kind of a, in a in a flash, and uh, I grabbed Hattie uh, from the bed, and my wife grabbed Laney from the bed. And by the time that we got the girls, um, we we had met in the hall in a hallway um, of our house, and uh, <clears throat> we had no time to go anywhere else. We didn't have time to get in the room as soon as as soon as we grabbed our girls. Um, the tornado was there, and um, we knew it. We could feel it. We could hear it. Um, and a lot of those, uh, feelings and memories that, you know, are, are very vivid. Um, but once the storm came, um, we knew pretty quickly, um, you know, obviously that, that there was a lot of things that were wrong. Um, my wife and I were both beat up. Um, our daughter, Lainey, our youngest, she was life flighted to Vanderbilt and, um, and had he never, um, they, they never, she, she didn't make it. And so, um, didn't, didn't come to the hospital, um, you know, was, um, was taken by, um, some of our neighbors at the scene and, and taken to, uh, the medical professionals, um, that set up like a, tri like a, a triage location nearby because people couldn't get into our neighborhood because of the damage. And so that's, that's where, uh, that's where they took Hattie. And, um, in the midst of that, um, you know, we were, we were loved on and still are loved on and cared for by a host of people. Um, and you, you can imagine that that storm that night, you know, it, it rocked our city um, yeah. of, of Cookville. And uh, there were 19 people that passed away in that storm. And our daughter was one of them. And so, um, you know, people cared about us and loved on us, specifically our church family and the church families we've been affiliated with. Um, whether it be through ministry or growing up or, you know, um, my wife and I both went to a Christian university. And so um, we had friends that were in ministry at different churches, you know, kind of all over. And so we felt a lot of support and a lot of love um, come from that time. But one thing that we um, we never ran into was um, an organization that specifically helps families who lost kids. Um, and so I, I do want to say, I'm, I'm not saying they don't exist because I, right. I know that they do. Yeah. Um, they do, ex they do exist. Um, but in our experience, we, we just never interacted with one. Um, nobody reached out to us and said, Hey, um, you know, we know that you've lost a child and we want to, we want to come alongside you. Uh, nobody referred us to one. Nobody told us, Hey, you know, we know that this is out there and we want to point you in that direction. Um, we just, we didn't have that experience. Um, but we knew we wanted to, um, to honor Hattie, who knew what we wanted to do something that would, um, that would serve people. And so, um, the nonprofit really wasn't on our radar. Um, 
you know, at the beginning of, of, of loss and grief. Um, the beginning was we, we knew we wanted to do something <clears throat> that kind of bore her mark. And so we set up a scholarship at Tennessee Tech University, which is, which is in Cookville, um, for nursing students. So we endowed a scholarship for nursing students here. Um, the first year we had one student that received that scholarship. Now there are three nursing students that receive the Hattie Joe Collins Memorial Scholarship. Yeah. And um, that's been something that we have enjoyed uh, kind of watching grow and enjoyed, um, you know, being able to, to serve um, some students in that way. The, the nurses that took care of us and took care of our daughter, Lainey, at a couple of different hospitals were so kind and so good to our family um, that we felt like we wanted to, um, you know, honor, honor our daughter, but also supporting what the work that they do because it's important work and great work. Yeah. And so, so we did that. And, um, and I, I, we came back to Cookville several months later um, and uh, we, we were relocated for, for a few months, you know, obviously we lost our house and, mm. So we lived um, with uh, with my in-laws, my wife's parents, for a little while. We came back to Cookville, and I started back into uh, into youth ministry again, and served in that capacity for you know four years. But during um, during that time, um, I, I couldn't help but shake um, this this feeling or sensation that there was something else um, that I needed to be doing and something that I wanted to do. Um, and you know, the loss of Patty has been something that, um, has affected my wife and I and, and our, our family tremendously in a lot of different ways. And, and one of those ways is, um, you know, we have felt, um, this, this drive to, to do something for her. And what I mean is there are things that, um, you know, when you have kids there are things you do for them right? Um, help them get their clothes on, help them take a bath. As they grow, you, you know, you do other things for them. And, uh, and all of those things, you know, we, we can't do those things for Hattie anymore. She's not with us, uh, physically. And so I've been, you know, we've been searching after something that would, that would almost, um, it's, you know, let us put our hands on her, even though we can't. Right. And so something that felt tangible and over the years, um, you know, we have talked about, you know, what that, what that might be. And, you know, as we thought about, um, you know, our experience, our own experience in the immediate aftermath of loss, in the immediate aftermath of loss, you know, we, we thought about um, the, the fact that we were supported by church people, by God's people, um, but that we didn't come across um, a lot of organizations specifically geared towards families like us. Yeah. And, um and so then it kind of led us to this thought of, okay, um, we had support and love and care, and we still do. But what about families that lose their kids that don't have a built-in sense of community? Mm-hmm. What about families that um, that are not connected to to you know bodies of believers that that can that can support them and hold them up and carry them? Um, who serves those families? Who cares about those families um, that don't have? you know, this, this community kind of built in, baked into their, to their lifestyle. We did. And, uh, but there are a lot of people that lose their kids that don't have that. And so that was really our thought, who serves these families? And so, um, and we, we just decided, um, well, I guess that's going to be us. And so we, uh, we started working on the process of, of um, developing uh, our vision for what we wanted, how we wanted to serve. And what we wanted to do, um, it really took almost a year um, to get things off the ground. I mean, just between deciding ourselves what we wanted to do and how we wanted to serve and then talking to, of course, lawyers and CPAs and, and things like that to, yeah. to get some of the legal uh, things going and make sure that we set this up, you know, um, properly. And so um, after about a year of, of working through all of those processes, uh, we founded the Magnolia Foundation. Um, and we serve families who've lost kids. And, and really, we do that in three. There's three primary ways that we serve. Um, one of those is with assistance with funeral expenses. Um, so, you know, a funeral is not something you ever plan on for your child. Um, there's there's a lot of people that don't set aside money or funds for that. Some people do, but not not everybody does. And I, I would I would wager that far fewer people actually set that aside than, than what, um, you know, than everybody else that doesn't. 
And so funeral expenses is a, is a real immediate need. So when a family loses a child, you know, um, whether it be cremation or funeral burial, whatever kind of support that looks like, we, we serve in that way. We help with that. Um, there's a lot of financial ways that, that are needed that we don't help with. Right. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't walk into the medical expense side of things, although typically that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, we focus on, on funeral and, and, and the expenses surrounding that. So we yeah. do that. The second thing that we uh, do is we help with access to grief counseling. And so, um, you know, every family um, that experiences loss in any kind, um, a child, um, uh, a divorce, a move. I mean, any, anything that brings about grief mm-hmm. um, comes from loss and any kind of grief. Um, what we have found out and what I think people know to be true is that everybody handles those things really differently. Um, yeah. Everybody grieves differently. And so uh, we think it's really important that families have an outlet to, to learn how to and, and help them learn how to grieve well and grieve well together within their family unit. Um, you can, you know, you can look up, um, stats and, and I don't know, you know, how official some of these are or are not, but, um, you know, families fall apart pretty easily after the loss of a child. And, 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 uh, you can, you can look at things that will tell you that divorce rates and things like that, um, will tell you that families, uh, really, really struggle in the aftermath with how they can grieve, um, because you grieve so, uh, individually, it's so unique to the person. Mm-hmm. Um, that that can cause some fractures, um, or at least can reveal some fault lines that may already exist yeah. in a marriage and a family. And so, connecting them with people who um, can help them in the in the immediate aftermath, you know, learn what it's like to grieve well, but grieve well together. It, we think it's really important. And so, um, we assist with the family's first five you know, uh, um, grief counseling sessions. And so we try to connect them to a, a licensed professional counselor that can um, that can meet their needs in those ways. We are not that. My wife and I are not. Uh, yeah. We are not professional counselors, and we don't pretend to be. Right. Um, if if we need to speak with a family just through experience based things, then we can do that, and we have yeah. done that. But that's not something that um, that we claim to you know to kind of have the market cornered on. Um, yeah. And so we want to make sure that families connect with people who are trained professionals in serving those ways. And so we do that and that's, you know, it can happen um, really anywhere virtually um, opens us up to a lot of possibilities with counseling connections. And then what people, if people have, um, you know, specific uh, individuals that they feel comfortable with in their own community, then, then we connect them in that way too. Um, and then the third way is what we call commemorative care. And so um, commemorative care is, is kind of like what it sounds um, it's a longer walk with families, but we connect with them um, a few times a year and help them commemorate or honor their child. Mm-hmm. So you think about you think about special days that you have in your family, birthdays and holidays, beginning of the school year, um, and in our cases, the anniversary of loss. Um, mm-hmm. And we want to make sure that family feels loved and cared for and thought about even after all of the immediate, you know, um, the immediate time frame is kind of passed on it. You know, it feels like the whole world uh, moves on and, and frankly, you don't, and yeah. you shouldn't, um, you know, you've lost a child and, um, and your life will never be the same and it will always hurt and it should always hurt. And so we want to make sure that we can come alongside families who have experienced that even after um everybody else kind of goes back to, to what their normal life is like. And even, even after some ways you feel like you kind of have to, you know, at some point in time, you know, you go back to work and, you know, there are other birthdays that come along with maybe other children or, you know, there are things that happen and we want to make sure that, you know, that families know, you know, nobody's um, forgotten totally, mm-hmm. even when it feels like they have. Yeah. And so um, we connect with families in, um, a few different times a year. We, we, we send them something, um, we mail it, mail it to them, and it just um, it personalized, unique things, and sometimes it's generic books to read or different things that they can that they can um, have, you know, put on their nightstand and and have to look at and remember um, that there's somebody that cares and wants to help them honor or commemorate their child. So, those are the ways that we serve. 
Yeah. Um, the way that we came across our name, Magnolia Foundation, is uh, it's a story. I, I appreciate you asking. It's a story that I like to share. Mm. Um, so a few days before, it's actually my wife's story to share. She's, she's not here with me today. But um, a few days before the storm, my wife was driving around uh, Hattie, our oldest, and Lainey. Lainey was, you know, like I said, she's almost one at the time. Hattie's mm-hmm. Hattie's four and a half. And uh, we're driving, they're driving around Cookville. I'm not with them. It's just the three of them. And Hattie asked Macy, my wife, um, if there are any magnolia trees around, which is a, uh, which to her was an interesting question because, um, you know, we are not people um, who really have a lot of plants. We didn't t- it wasn't a, a topic of conversation at our house at all. In fact, <laughs> why, I don't Why would you know that tree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Why would you know that? We didn't have any trees at our house. Mm-hmm. Um, really. And so it wasn't, you know, we lived in a pretty flat lot. It was just a very normal, you know, neighborhood kind of yeah. deal. Um, and so it wasn't just an odd question that she asked. And, um, and so Macy told her, she said, Hey, you know, Hattie, next time we come across a magnolia tree, I'll show you one. In fact, um, her parents, Hattie's grandparents have a magnolia tree at their house. And so, um, she just told her, Hey, next time we see one, I'll show you what a magnolia tree looks like. And just kind of, that was it, you know, topic uh, change, moved on. And, um, but Macy remembered that, she remembered that conversation and in fact, you know, brought it up. And so um, after the storm came, uh, there was uh, somebody, we don't know who, somebody gave, uh, donated uh, four burial plots to our family. Um, at the time there was, you know, myself, my wife, and then our, our two girls. Yeah. And so they gave us four burial plots at a, at a local cemetery funeral home in Cookville. And of course we were in the hospital uh, with, with various injuries ourselves. And so we, you know, we, we never went out there and checked them out. We didn't, um, we didn't look for placement. We, frankly, not that we weren't thankful, but it really wasn't something that we um, were super right. concerned with. We, yeah. we were thankful to have them, but you know, we would have taken anything at that point. That you was know, something you could away. shelve pretty easily, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um there were some friends um of ours that were um, you know, working on our behalf on, on a variety of things. And that was one of them. And so some friends um they went to the funeral home and they took care of the all the uh, logistical things about what we needed to do to to receive those in the proper way. And so we never went out there um, until the day of the burial. And so as we were driving up um, to our daughter's burial, along with everybody else who was there at the funeral or at the graveside service, we, we pulled in at the same time. So we weren't there any earlier than anyone else. We weren't there to check things out. Um, we just showed up like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were riding with my wife's parents. Um, and as we pulled up, um, Macy she kind of squeezed my hand and she, she pointed out to us, she said, do you notice what's right there by, um, by the, by the grave? And there was a magnolia tree right there. And in fact, there are, there are four magnolia trees that's, you know, that are in the location of our family's burial plots. And, um, it may see, she noticed it immediately because they had just had this conversation about, Hey, I'll show you a magnolia tree. Um, when I get the chance, and of course, she never had the opportunity to show her because the storm came, and um, and so for us, um, immediately, um, we 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 thought about that conversation. Macy Macy immediately went to that that time she talked with Hattie about a magnolia tree, mm-hmm. just a, just a couple of days before the storm, and so we have held on to that, um, and we have felt like that was. Um, just a little glimpse from the Lord um, that he's there, that he cares. Uh, and so we've held on to that magnolia tree as kind of a symbol for, for us, for Hattie. And so now at our house we live in now, we have a magnolia tree planted in our front yard. Um, we have uh, pictures of magnolia um, leaves, you know, framed in our house. And our youngest daughter, who, who's been born since the storm, her name is Davy. Her middle name is Magnolia, Davy Magnolia. And so um, when it came time to start this foundation, we knew we wanted it to honor Hattie and we wanted to bear her mark. And so, um, so that's, we named it Magnolia in honor of her. And that's just become our, 
our symbol for her. And so we named it Magnolia um, after after our oldest Hattie, who we lost in the storm. So yeah, that, yeah that's 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 kind of who we are and what we do and and how we how we got our name. Yeah, Matt, I can't help but appreciate the fact that magnolia trees are also evergreens. Yeah, and that I know it. That's something that you want. You, you want the memory of that to, to always be there. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful tree and a beautiful representation of her for us. Now we've had a couple of moments like that. Um, I, I kind of liken it to you know um, Moses uh, doesn't get to go to the promised land you know right initially, and so mm-hmm. the Lord takes him up on a mountain and he shows him. Yeah. what it's going to look like. He, he gives Moses a glimpse, right? Um, he doesn't have what he wants, but he gives him a glimpse um, and, and to show his faithfulness to him and that he's going to take care of his people. And I felt like there's been a, a couple of times where we've had a glimpse, you yeah. know, um, the Magnolia tree was one of those. And in, in fact, um, the last words that Hattie ever, ever spoke is another glimpse, you know, before the storm, um, Macy, um, and I, we would read, you know, our daughter's bedtime stories, like, um, like, you know, most, a lot of families do. Yeah. And so, um, this particular night, you know, we would kind of go back and forth on who was reading, depending on who was doing other things. Right. And so, um, this night my wife was reading, uh, the bedtime story to Hattie and, um, it was one of those, you know, where you, you lay your kids down in bed and you read them a story and then you wait for them to fall asleep and then you try to like maneuver your way out of the bed <laughs> we've all been there yeah sure and so that's that's kind of that that was the the setup we had going on you know and um so macy's reading to her and she uh she's not falling asleep and you know she finishes her story and the whole deal and she says hattie you know you need to go to sleep and and she's not falling asleep and she's just kind of sitting there and she tells my wife she says uh mommy um she's laying there with her eyes open she says mommy I can, uh, I can see Jesus. And my wife was uh, a little caught off guard. You know, Jesus, Jesus certainly, um, wasn't an uncommon, uh, conversation topic in our house. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, but it wasn't, it, we didn't, you know, we didn't talk about what he looked like or any of that. I mean, it just wasn't, you know, it was a little, a little different scenario. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, she said, Hey, you can, you can see Jesus. And she said, yeah, I can see Jesus. And he said, well, tell me, um, like, what does he look like? Like, what do you see? And she said, he's wearing all white. He's, Jesus is wearing all white. And um, that was the last thing she ever said. Um, she finished telling my wife she could see Jesus, and he was wearing all white. And then she went to sleep. And she never woke up. Um it's, there have been, I, I just, I, I can't imagine almost, I mean, I can't, I don't want to imagine what, what it would be like to not have some of those moments, yeah. you know, and we have, we have felt like Hattie has been held by, by the Lord um, for us on our behalf. Um, and some of those moments, you know, have, have been glimpses for us to see, to see that and, um, and to know that, that he 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 has her um and so we so the magnolia tree is one of those uh as well and so we named magnolia foundation after after the magnolia tree after the conversation that hattie had um with macy yeah yeah oh man i I started thinking about you know all the stories that we read to our boys we've got uh, we've got two boys and um you know we've we finished the Chronicles of Narnia with the oldest. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we're, we've made it through the Hobbit. We're in the Lord of the Rings. We're slugging through some pretty dense yeah. stuff for a seven year old. Sure. And, um, yeah. Buck, our, buckle our younger. up. <laughs> yeah. What? You said buckle up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're, we're working through, um, you know, some of the same kind of stuff with our, with our younger as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the, your your idea there that the magnolia tree is a reminder of mm-hmm. of something much bigger and mm-hmm. uh, especially matt too mentioning moses getting to see see the country mm-hmm. um, getting a glimpse of it the uh the tree 
the the fact that it's evergreen reminds mm-hmm. me consistently of a theme that kind of runs throughout all uh, most of the seven books of the Narnia stories, where you know those certain individuals here and there <coughs> are are w- awaiting something greater. O- mm-hmm. An obvious callback to the book of Hebrews. I mean, you know, C.S. Lewis knew what he was doing. Yeah, uh, sure. They were awaiting. Sure something greater and the and the the sign you know you know various symbols would remind them or 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 mm-hmm. give them hope that something greater is to come they await something yeah. that that is is more wholesome more pure un unsullied by the the sin and and loss and destruction of the world and um yeah i just you know all that all that comes, all that comes flooding to me, to mind as um, mm-hmm. as you talk about that. Yeah, um, I, I I don't talk about this uh, a lot on the podcast because it, it's not always relevant. But mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't ever lost an immediate family member like what you've experienced. Right. Um, yeah. About, I think it was about um, ten. Ten years ago, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law lost their little baby. Um, okay. They they uh, knew that he had developed uh, trisomy 13. And so for those who aren't familiar, it's a mm-hmm. chromosomal abnormality that causes multiple and complex organ defects. And they found that out in, uh, in October. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she was developing preeclampsia, and so they needed to they needed to induce labor right. um, in December. And uh, a doctor said that that he would have maybe an hour to live, and and God graced us with two hours with okay. him. And there have there have been. It, it, it's similar in some ways, different, obviously, in, in other ways from from y'all's experience. Um, this this was their first, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can imagine, right? You know, all the hopes and and, and dreams that you have, right? Of yeah. our first, right? I, you know, when yeah. someone asks me, you know, what do you hope for your oldest? It's like my goodness, you know, you know, a a a, a family, you know, ability to provide, yeah. you know, faithfulness to God above all things, right. right? Like that, those are the things I hope for. I hope is a lifetime of that, and. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, um, I, I have, we have, ever since then, we've engaged in some of those uh, commemorative uh, reflections that you talked about there, mm-hmm. um, that y'all, that Magnolia helps with, with um, some of the families that, uh, that y'all work with. In the course mm-hmm. of that, um, I, I, I have been, because I haven't lived near them, I, I've been somewhat insulated from the kinds of things that people say that yeah. are meant to be helpful, right? Sure. But sure. ultimately may, may not quite land. Um, yeah. In, in kind of a general way, Matt, what, what what would you recommend, based on y'all's experience, what would you recommend people maybe not say? What are some helpful mm-hmm. things that people could say? You know, kind of... Yeah, kind of walk us through some of that, if if you don't mind. Yeah, that's uh, um, that's a great. I appreciate that question. Um, I, let me start, I guess, by saying this. Um, you know, a lot of people are um, when you come across somebody who who is in deep grief, right? I mean, um, they've lost lost a child, lost a spouse, and it's it's immediate. It's immediate after after the loss. Um, you know, we can we can be really scared um, to say anything, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. you know, what, 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 what do you say? Right. And so, uh, because of fear, we, we can avoid that person or the conversation altogether. Um, one of the things that I, that I would love to communicate to people, um, is, is to give, uh, give those that are in grief an opportunity to share if they want to. Yeah. So ask, ask a question. You can, you can ask a question. Um, you can, you can say, uh, the name of the person who's been lost. It's okay, and if the person in grief doesn't want to talk about it, then 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 they won't. Um, but if you remove 
that topic, um, if you take it off the table, um, yeah. then you have taken, you've taken the opportunity away for somebody to share in a way that they might really want to, you know, my daughter, um, my oldest daughter, Hattie, you know, we lost her. She's still my daughter mm-hmm. and I love her and I care about her. And who doesn't, who doesn't love to talk about things they love, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, all of, all of us do. And so what parent um, doesn't love to talk about their kids certainly right yeah it's your it's your kids what loving, what so, loving parent doesn't you're just you know beam with joy and pride right when they yeah, talk about their yeah, kids and yeah I, absolutely and and I, I love hattie and so you know to be able to share about her is something that i enjoy doing and you know um and so but if somebody decides that they're scared to to bring her up then you know that then I've been robbed of an opportunity to share in a way that might be really sure. helpful yeah. for me. Yeah. So, um, so I guess I'm going to say this, you know, um, give yourself some permission, you know, um, to have conversations with people. Don't avoid them. Don't, don't run away from them, you know, um, but, but talk to them, be present with them. Um, one of the things that has been really special to, uh, to my wife and I um, is we, we've got a friend here in Cookville and, um, on her birthday a few years ago, he just shot us a text and we, we were having dinner. My wife and I were having dinner and he shot us a text and he said, Hey, uh, tell me, tell me something that I don't know about Hattie. Tell me something cool. I don't know about Hattie. And, um, that was a question we had never been asked before. And so we, I, I, I pulled up my phone and I, I showed my wife, you know, this text. And I said, Hey, you know, we just got this. And, and so we had an opportunity to share with each other, you know, some things that were cool about Hattie together. And, you know, that was good for us. And then we got to share with him um, and his family, some things that, you know, that, that they didn't know about her. And, uh, and we loved, that was the, one of the best things that we had happen uh, was just that question, you know? Um, and so asking people, like, Hey, what did you love about the person you lost? Um, tell me something I don't know about them. That, that question for us has been really, really meaningful um, and you know, if there's an opportunity where you ask that and I don't want to talk about it, then I'll tell you, Hey, uh, today's not a good day, yeah. but I appreciate you asking. Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. Um, so I, I would start by giving, giving people a little bit, a little bit of permission, uh, to have some of those conversations. There are certainly things you can say that are not helpful. Um, certainly. And, yeah. and, and, you know, we've heard several of them, um, you know, in, in various places. Um, one of the most common things that you hear, and this is not having to do specifically with child loss or even loss in general, but you hear this phrase all the time. And, and when I was in youth ministry, I, I would talk about it with our teens. Um, I, I don't believe it to be true at all. And so I don't think it's, 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 you know, it works in any, in any setting, but everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've probably heard that yeah. uh, numerous yeah. times. Um, and I think it's bogus. You know, um, you can't tell me a reason, any logical reason why an F4 tornado with 175 mile per hour winds tore through our street and destroyed our house and took our daughter. There's not a reason for it. There's not. I refuse to believe that there's one. Um, and so for somebody to say, hey, everything happens for a reason, I, 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 I wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. Um, it's so general. In case. Yeah. It's, so, it, general, it's yeah. so general that it, um, it's, it, it's, it's unhelpful. Yeah. 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 So that, I wouldn't say that. I don't believe that in any aspect of life, much less our, our own grief experience. Um, you know, and then there are some other things that people say specifically around loss, right? God must've needed him or her um, as if God needs anything from us in, in, in that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, you know, he must have needed another angel. You know, he, he doesn't. First of all, he doesn't. Right. Um, but but second of all, um, you know, I mean, just the idea that God needs something. So he's going to take it from you. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. That's the picture of God that, that I that I see, yeah. you know, a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so there there are some things like that that I wouldn't really recommend saying. Um, because they're just not true. You know, this is all part, all part of God's plan. Um, I don't know that it is right. Um, 
I don't think I, I don't think God's plan is for you to hurt. I don't think God's plan is for you to experience loss. Um, I think God's plan is to make things right. Mm-hmm. Um, God's plan God's plan is to reconcile, um, not crush. Right. And so um, I don't believe that losing my daughter is part of God's plan. I think God's plan um, for my life and for all of our lives is is to reconcile, you know, um, and and to do work that is just beyond our sight to make things right. And um, you know, um, you know, we've we've experienced something that's not fair, um, yeah. but we have seen God. We have seen God act in His justice and His kindness, not in fairness. But injustice and in kindness, you know, justice only happens uh, when injustice happens first, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Justice, justice can't take place until injustice takes place, and so we, you know, we feel like what's happened to in our experience has been not fair, it's been uh, unjust, and uh, but we believe that God and His justice and His mercy and His grace and His kindness has come alongside us behind that injustice mm-hmm. um, and has cared for us behind that injustice. Um, and with his people. And, um, and so to say that this is all part of God's plan or that God must have needed her or things like that are just not helpful and they're just not true. Um, and so to say them to, to somebody who's lost a child or really to anybody that's in grief, um, I would, I would really advocate for not saying those things. Um, but instead, you know, ask somebody, Hey, tell me what you love about that person. something Something I don't know about that person. Um, what's the special memory that you have with that person? Those are things that are helpful. Um, and, and that we, you know, we enjoy sharing those things because once again, we have the opportunity to share about our daughter who we love and care about and miss and who doesn't love to talk about, um, their kids and and who they love. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are, those are a few things I would, I would say as to what to say and then maybe what not to say. Yeah. Asking those kinds of questions too, like what's something I didn't know. You know, what's, mm-hmm. what's something you love about or what, what's something funny, you know, he or she yeah. did those help you, the asker celebrate mm-hmm. the life yes. and the memory of, uh, uh, of the one who's passed to celebrate yeah. with, uh, with you who's still grieving. Yeah. It's like we all can absolutely celebrate together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Matt, let, uh, let me switch gears just a bit here and uh, and ask you, um, you know, as, as we kind of wind down here, uh, how can people help Magnolia? Um, you know, where where can we find you? How can people help? Mm-hmm. What y'all are doing? Uh, what kinds of things do y'all uh, do y'all ask for from others so you sure. can in turn be a blessing to these families who are in in need of it? Yeah. Um... So there's, there's a couple of ways you can find us. Um, we have a website. It's themagnoliafoundation.com. Okay. It's all one word, themagnoliafoundation.com. Um, we have a social media presence on Facebook and on Instagram. On Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash themagnoliafoundation. Okay. Um, and our, our page is right there. And then we have an Instagram presence. Um, it's just at magnoliafoundation on okay. Instagram. Yeah. And um, one of the ways, um, and, and when I say this, I truly mean it, um, that you could be the most helpful to us is uh, by interacting and sharing um, the things that we post on our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because um, there are people that, A, need to see it, you know, need to know that they're not by themselves. But also, you know, we have actually come across several families who we are serving that have um, that have heard about us on social media. Wow. And so I, I'll tell people all the time, you have no idea who all sees what you post. And that can be a, that can be a really, a really good thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so in our experience, we've had several families from different States um, who have had a friend that shared something that we posted. Um, and, uh, and they said, Hey, we, we'd like to talk to that family because we've lost a child or we just lost a child or, um, or we know somebody that has. And so we've been connected to several families because they saw it on social media. And so that is so helpful. Um, it takes just a second, um, to click share and, um, you know, you really have no idea who all sees that. And so, um, 
you know, we are able to serve families from all over. Um, and one of those driving forces is social media and, and people share what we have to say and we're connected with the right people. And so if you wonder to yourself, like, what's a really practical way that I can help families who've lost kids, that is a really practical way. Yeah. And it, it's unless, unless you are interacting with families on a day-to-day basis, like we are, it's hard to really understand and, and know how important that is, but it's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if people share what we're, what we're doing, that's really helpful. And then practically, um, you know, on our website, there's a platform to give financially. Um, that's really helpful to us. We, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, a, you know, we serve families who've lost kids and we need your support and partnership in doing that. And then B, um, you know, you, you can write off donations on your taxes, which is, which is helpful for people that want to do that. Um, you know, but, uh, but funeral expenses and grief counseling and commemorative care, none of those things are free. Um, yeah. And frankly, they're they're not cheap, um, but they're really important. And so for us to come alongside a family who's lost a child and say, hey, listen, we want to help you with this funeral um, is so meaningful, mm-hmm. so meaningful. Um, and but we, we need money to do it. And the same goes to for grief counseling for us to say, hey, we want to connect you to a, a counselor in your area or a counselor online. Uh, that can help your family walk through this grief and, and learn to process and, and learn to carry the burden. The burden doesn't go away, but you learn how to how to carry that burden with each other. Um, it's so important to those families, um, but it's not it's not free. And so, um, and the same thing with commemorative care. And so, we, we need we we need financial support. This is what we do full time. My wife and I both. This is this is our jobs, and so we're supported yeah. by this. But we also support families in some tremendous ways. And so um, if somebody wants to partner with us financially, um, we are we are so grateful for that kind of partnership. And uh, it, it really is meaningful, uh, not only to us, but to families that we serve from, from all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I'll be sure to put links in the description below on um, and, you know, everyone who's uh, who's. A friend of the podcast, uh, let me encourage you to find Magnolia Foundation and help them boost their social media presence because they're doing a really yeah. good work. Matt, any, any last words before we ramp up today? Yeah, let me say this. I, sh- I should have said this a second ago, um, but considering the audience that we're talking to, if there is an opportunity for us to come to your church, um, yeah. we'd love to do that and, and share share at your church and um, who we are, what we do, and whether it be with your leadership or whether it be sharing in, um, in, in an assembly time together, um, you know, happy to do, to do that. And uh, if that opportunity is something that you think might be helpful for us to come and share about our experience, but about grief and about um, how the Lord works in that um, and about what we're doing um, even right now with families, would love to share. And so I know this is an audience that that might be tailored more towards. Um, would, would love to share with your churches if that is something that is what you, that you think would be helpful. We'd love to connect with, uh, with you about that and talk about what we could do there. Yeah, that's a good word, Matt. Really appreciate your time today, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it.